Man, I, I love you guys. I'm so, I, I get so excited to get back to church and, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're getting back to church. Uh, I'm glad that the folks are starting to feel safe, starting to feel more comfortable. Uh, you know, and, and you know, wherever you stand on the vaccine or no vaccine or whatever. I mean, for what, you know, regardless, folks are feeling more safe to get back out. If you're watching us today on the stream, thank you so much. Uh, uh, if, if you're here in town, I want to encourage you get back to church. Get back to church. We're actually looking uh, at September. This just kind of uh, that we talked about this in our staff meeting this week. Uh, we're looking at September 19th to be official. Uh, come back to church Sunday, to where everyone gets to invite somebody. Find, everyone invite a friend, and uh, it'll be uh, back to church Sunday. Just to, and, and uh, they've done polls. And the number one reason, believe it or not, the number one reason that will be given why someone is not in church this morning, the number one reason is because nobody invited them. That's, that's the number one reason that they would give, is nobody invited me. So, uh, so we're going we're gonna to invite the whole neighborhood. We'll try to do another mail out and, and just get the word out there and, and uh, plaster social media and everything else and see if we can't just get folks to come on back to church on uh, especially September 19th, uh, an asserted effort. But if you're watching, you don't have to wait till September 19th. Come on back in. We, <laughs> we, we love you and we miss you. Uh, to, to any of our uh, guests today, you could have been anyplace else, but you, you chose to be here and we were very honored that you would do, do so. Uh, we've been talking the last several weeks about uh, the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself is a gift uh, that the Lord that the God gives to us, uh, Christ baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and, and with fire. There's, sometimes there's a baptism by fire you go through, but he gives you the Holy Spirit to empower you to walk through that fire. Uh, the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit brings gifts. He himself as a, as a gift in the Greek would be uh, Doria. And then the gifts that he brings in the Greek is charisms or charismas. And uh, so if, if you operate in the gift of the Spirit, you are operating in a charisma, okay? Uh, so, so when I say that uh, you're charismatic, I'm not trying to put you into a denomination. You say, no, I'm Methodist. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, no, it means that you're operating in a charism or a charisma of the Spirit of God. And so by the time we're done, we're going to talk about it this week and then also next week. Uh, we'll wrap up our look at the gifts of the Spirit. By the time we're done, we will have identified just from Paul's teaching, the Apostle Paul's teaching, 19 gifts. And I don't necessarily think it's uh, an exhaustive list. I think he's just trying to give some examples of how the Holy Spirit operates and, and what he can do. The, the, the gist of it is the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. And some folks, you know, we've, we've had some people say, well, I, you know, because the, there's been so much confused confusing teaching. Well, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit. You know, there's churches that say, well, if you have the Holy Spirit, then the only way that you're, you're going to know that you have the Holy Spirit is if you speak in tongues. And then other churches say, well, no, tongues is for not for today. And so it, here's the thing. The Bible says that, that you can't even call him Lord without the Spirit of God. It takes the Holy Spirit to be able to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and to mean it. So if you're here today and you, you can confess that, hey, Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior, it's the Holy Spirit that empowers you to be able to do that. 
And then you learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. He starts birthing gifts and unpacking gifts. And sometimes he may have you utilize a gift one time and you may never utilize it again. Basically, it's whenever there's a need and he has you there as a vessel, he will empower you to meet that need in a particular way. And then for some of you, you may, you may learn to operate within certain gifts uh, quite a bit in your life. So it's just, it's, uh, but none of it, as we've been learning, is so that somebody can become a superstar in the kingdom of God and, and become a, a spiritual celebrity, you know. Uh, and unfortunately, within Western culture, we tend to do that. We tend to make certain ministers or people that operate in certain gifts, they become the rock stars of the church. And there, there should be no rock stars in the body of Christ. We, we all serve under one head, and that head is Christ, and we are his body. And the gifts of the Spirit are not to lift anybody individually up, but they are to, as Paul has taught us, they are to edify or lift everybody up. You know, so if, if God uh, works a miracle, if the gift of miracles is at play within our fellowship, is so that everybody can get encouraged and everyone can can uh, have their faith fed. If, if a gift of prophecy uh, is spoken, it's so that every, not so somebody can go, ooh, look at me. It's, no, it's, it's so that everybody can be fed. And so that's Paul's, Paul's whole general thought process. So we're going we're gonna to hop back into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but we're, we're moving on from the, the passage that we've been hanging out in, okay? Uh, so we're, we're going to hop down to verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18, and he's teaching this principle, principle about our bodies, because we are part of the body of Christ. He says, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Y'all would be some weird people if you're just walking around and you just had like one big giant eye, and that's all you were, was one floating eye, right? Or a fingernail, or whatever. Verse 20, yes, there are many parts, but only one body, right? So you've only got one body, you've got a lot of parts to it. Verse 21, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you, right? The, I, I, don't have the, I, don't, I don't have the right to say, uh, you know, Angela, I don't need you. And Angela doesn't have the right to say, you know, Mike, I don't need you. <laughs> no, we all need each other, right? That's what he's trying to get across. Verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. If, if, you had if you knew nothing about the human body and you were to look at you know, your liver or your kidneys, well, they don't look near as impressive as perhaps your biceps and triceps and your legs. And you think, man, no, I need these things. This other stuff you don't even see. I don't need them. But yet, you, know, you can live without legs. You can live without hands. But you need some kidneys, right? You need a liver, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't, please don't take my spleen, right? Uh, so, so what he's saying is some of the most important parts of the body are, are parts that you don't even see. It's, it's the same thing in church. Everyone thinks, ooh, everyone that's up on the platform or you know, everyone that has a chance to speak into a mic or whatever, ooh, these are important people. No, sometimes the most important people in the body of Christ, you don't even know who they are. And yet they're the most vital people to, to a congregation, uh, verse 23, and the parts we regard as less honorable. 
you know, we all have parts on our body that we say, oh, no, we don't, we don't want to honor them in front of everybody, right? <laughs> but look, we, we clothe these parts with the greatest of care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. Look, let's all be honest. There's parts of churches that we just don't need to be showing the whole world, right? <laughs> Y'all can laugh about that. I'm serious. <laughs> I always say, like, church is like a good bowl of cereal, right? Because you get... You got a lot of milk and honey, but you also got a lot of nuts and flakes, right? <laughs> that's, that's where they ever, I don't care what church it is. And, I, and I'm one of them, so I'll, I, I can say that. So. <laughs> Verse 24, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So within the body of Christ, there are going to be some, some folks need a little bit more care. Some folks, uh, you know, they kind of take care of themselves. It's no big deal, right? So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the believers so that all the members care for each other. That's what he's trying to get across is with all these spiritual gifts that he just talked about earlier in this chapter, that, hey, it's, it's so that we can take care of each other. And I said it the other week, if you, if you accidentally cut your hand, your body goes immediately into, act, into action doing what it needs to do to heal that cut. And same thing with the body of Christ. When one of us is injured, we all need to come together uh, to, to help bring healing and life and, and encouragement, right? Uh, verse 20, 26, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad, right? You ever like hit your finger with a hammer and like your stomach hurts? You feel like you're going to throw up? Well, you haven't like hit your stomach, you hit your finger. Why? Well, what? Your whole body hurts, you know? Or step on a Lego in the middle of the night, barefoot. Man, my, that, that's just like, like an, my, my ear will hurt. It just, everything hurts. Like you step on a Lego, barefoot. <laughs> Verse 27, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is part of it, right? So, he, he takes careful uh, time to explain something, and we're, we're going to find out uh, in the book of Romans, he kind of copies the sermon a little bit. Uh, here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. Now, let's pay attention because we're going we're gonna to learn some more gifts in this list. He's already given us a list of nine gifts, so now we're going we're gonna to come up and, and here are a few more gifts. And we're going to try to get through these pretty quick today. So, uh, first are apostles. So, that's a gift, but we're going to talk about that one next week. Second are prophets. We'll talk about that next week. Third are teachers. Next week, right? We're going to table those for next week. Then those who do miracles. Well, we've talked about those already. That's the gift of miracles. Those who have the gift of healing. We've already talked about that. Which, by the way, we actually had another healing last week in service at the conclusion of service. We were tearing down the stage, and Isaac came and grabbed me. Isaac Washington said, I need you to pray for my sister. And some of you may have seen her walk in. She was hobbling. She had uh, twisted her ankle a couple of weeks ago, and it just had been swollen and inflamed, and she couldn't even hardly put any pressure on it, any weight on it. And so we just, you know, we just got together and prayed for her and, you know, just said, okay, move your ankle. And she, you know, we looked back down. It didn't, didn't look as swollen. So, okay, well, you know. Walk around on it. And she started walking around like normal. She wasn't hobbling anymore. So she came limping in, but God touched her and she went strutting out. Amen. So praise God for that. So uh, uh, gift of healing on that. Those who can help others. So here we go. We, got, we have the, the gift of helps. 
Those who have the gift of administration, some translations will say leadership. So we have a gift of administration. Here's a new gift. And those who speak in unknown languages. We talked about that last week. 29, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do, do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages or speak in tongues? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So what he's trying to say is not everyone's going to operate in the same gift. They're not going to do it the same way. It's not going to look the same way, sound the same way, respond the same way. We're all very unique. He says, of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. So if lately you've been saying, Lord, I, I want to operate in some of your gifts. I don't even know what my gifts are that you've given me. Can you help me operate? Pray for the one. This is what he's saying is pray for the ones that are going to help the most people. You know, they're going to bless the most people. Now let's hop to Romans. We're, we're laying some real quick foundation through all this, so just bear with me. But I, I want you to see if you, if you see a common theme in what Paul's talking about. Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Ooh, he's going to warn us of something. Don't think you're better than you really are. Well, we can go home right now. Man. That's, that'll preach. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts. Hey, he already preached this sermon, didn't he? Let me tell you something about preachers. They go to another city or another church, they're going to preach some of the same things. That's a little, little trade secret there. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a spe special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts. Oh, he's talking about gifts of the Spirit again. And so he lists some of them and, and you know, he's kind of generalizing here, but he, he repeats himself from this uh, letter that he wrote to the church at Corinth. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, we already talked about the gift of prophecy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, well, we just talked about the gift of health that, or helps that we identified, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. We'll talk about that next week again. If your gift is to encourage, oh, here's another gift. <clears throat> the gift of encouragement, or some translations say the gift of exhortation, to exhort or encourage. Be encouraging. If it is giving, oh, a gift of giving. There's another gift. Give generously. If God has given you leadership ability or administration, we just talked about that, take the responsibility serious. If you have a gift for showing kindness, some translations will say the gift of mercy to others, do it gladly. Say, how in the world can I show mercy to certain people? Well, apparently Paul's saying, with pleasure. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> be merciful with pleasure. Be glad about it. Manifestation gifts. This is just a quick review. These are the ones, man, we've already torn through nine gifts of the Spirit, right? Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, faith, miracles, gifts of healing, prophecy, diverse tongues, interpret, interpreting tongues, okay? Now, here are the ones that we've kind of identified. We listed off a bunch of new gifts today, but these are the ones we're going to concentrate on, and we're going to go through them really fast, okay? Everyone good? good. Everyone still with me? Yep. All right. Are you bored yet? Because I'm, I'm trying really hard to bore you. All right. <laughs> gifts of helps. The gifts of helps. Do you realize everyone is called to serve? If you are called into the kingdom of God, you are called to serve. Every single one of us are ministers. The word minister just means to serve. You're someone who serves. That's why it's kind of funny where it's like, ooh, brother, you need to come serve my ministry. I need to serve your serving? 
Okay, hey, but, but uh, the gifts of help helps. So this is, now you remember the term supernatural, just simply mean it's not some ethereal, ooh, mystical term. It just means that God's going to take your natural ability and he's going to put his super with your natural, or his super, his ability to move you beyond what you would naturally do. So thus supernatural. So he's going to, the supernatural ability to relieve, assist, participate in, and or support fellow believers or ministry efforts. Some examples are in Luke 8, there were four women that were listed out and they were named, uh, but they traveled around with Jesus and the disciples and helped to facilitate their travels and, and would help to go set things up for the sake of the crowd. Uh, and uh, one of them was actually Mary Magdalene and said that she actually gave from her own resources. So there were times that she would actually go out and make money and use that money specifically to help support Jesus and the disciples to go minister from town to town in the region of Galilee. So they would have had uh, the gift of helps. Okay. Another one is in Romans 16, Paul talks about, we're going to call her Deacon Phoebe. Okay. Her name was Phoebe and she was a deacon of a church. Uh, man, doesn't that mess with some folks' theology? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I will say this, hear it from me. My opinion, my, the, the best I've, for my own studies, God can use whoever he wants to. In Christ, there's, no, there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond or free, slave or free, male or female. If he wants to move on someone to empower them, to minister in whatever capacity, it does not matter if you're male or female, he's going to do it. Amen. 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 So, so we're the ones that get all caught up in titles and stuff, you know, pastors, deacons, all that stuff. That's really for the sake of communication. We're all ministers, right? So Phoebe, Paul was telling the church at Rome, said, hey, I want you to welcome Phoebe. She's a powerful woman of God. She's a deacon. And matter of fact, you want to entertain her and keep her there because she's probably going to help you because she has helped a ton of us, myself included, is what he said. And, and so she would have had the gift of helps. Uh, I, I, I remember uh, the church that I grew up in, uh, one of the most, most incredibly helpful people was a man by the name of James Beavers. And we had, we had two services. We had an 8.30 a.m. service, a 10.30 a.m. service, and somewhere in between there was wedged a Sunday school program, right? James Beavers was the first one in, last one out. He was the guy who turned on, you know, turned on the, the lights and the A.C., turned off the lights and the A.C. And, and anything that was needed, you just saw him constantly working during service. And he showed up to church. He said, look, I, I'm showing up to church to serve. I don't need the church to serve me. I'm here to serve. And, and I thought, what a, what a wonderful concept. If we all showed up to church, here in the West, we, we basically, we go to church, all right, what do you have to give me? Yeah. And, if, and if we're not like receiving what we want to receive, well, then we go find us another church. I just wasn't getting anything out of that church. I don't know, that church, I, just, I didn't like this, I didn't like that. And so we, we kind of go, go around, it's like a restaurant, you know, we're going to go until we find something. How about this concept? Why don't we pray and say, Lord, where do you want to plant us? Yeah. And let's just be planted. And then we grow, and we allow the Holy Spirit to grow. And now, now that I'm planted here, how can I serve? And the Holy Spirit will help feed you in some capacity or another. Because trust me, you're going to find, if, if, if you find the perfect church, don't go. Because it ain't going to be perfect anymore. Amen. <laughs> and I got three fingers pointing back at me whenever I do that, right? <laughs> Uh, 
Well, let's, let's go back to the gift of helps. Say, well, how can I help? There's, man, let me tell you, there's a ton of ways to help. And I know we got some categories on that card that we have on, on the chairs. We got, we got some general categories. But what, what would helps look like? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out a, a, few, a few concepts of helps right here in, in the church uh, on Sunday morning. Let, let me tell you what it meant to be pastor of Gathering Church today. Uh, it meant showing up and setting the flags up. <laughs> it meant uh, hooking the drums up. And it's not, drums ain't like they used to be where you just set them up and bang on them. Like, now i got to plug them in and all this stuff is crazy. Uh, and then, and uh, then after that, it was help set chairs up and then help greet some folks, uh, pray over folks, and, and somewhere in there try to remember what I was going to preach about, right? So, so hey, what, you know, if, if you're like, you know what, hey, I can wake up early enough and get up here in my pajamas, I'll set some flags up and then go back home and shower. Hey, if, if the Lord moves that on you, that would be a huge ministry of helps Amen. for us, right? Or, hey, I can set some chairs up. I'll show up in my pajamas, set them up, and run home and shower and come back up. That would be a huge ministry. Those are simple. Say, well, that's like boring stuff because it doesn't include, you know. No, it's vital. That's being a liver and a spleen. And, you know, it's, those are vital things. So uh, there's a, tons of different ways to help. Uh, not just on Sunday mornings, but all throughout the week with the church. Gifts of administration. The supernatural ability to help organize those with other gifts and keep the church functioning at its most efficient best. How about that? That's a cool official, cool official. That almost sounded administrative in itself, that definition. Uh, there are several of you that are anointed uh, in administration or leadership. You just have the ability to, to pull things together and get it organized and whatnot. Uh, when, when we first started working on the church bylaws and governing uh, 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 the, the church government and, uh, you know, just the, the church constitution for this gathering, uh, I had sat down with Kate. Kate had just come on, and we sat down. She said, do we even have, you know, where's our constitution? Oh, hey, we, I've been working on it. Here, let me, let me give you what I got. And over the next six weeks, that's what we did. The first six weeks of ministry together is Kate and I combed through <laughs> Our bylaws, our statement of faith, everything, and just pray, prayerfully figured out how are we going to put all this, this together. And in the meantime, I realized she was gifted in a way I am not. And that was that she was highly gifted in the, with the gift of administration. The Holy Spirit does not function in me with that gift. I file by pile, right? <laughs> and, so, and so I told Kate, I said, you are going to be our, I, let me tell you, you're going to be the executive, the administrative pastor, the executive pastor for the church. And Kate, because I was thinking about Deacon Phoebe. Now, Kate said, I don't know, I'm female, I, should I be pastor? I said, yes, pastor just means shepherd. While the, while the pastoral staff is shepherding the flock, we need someone to shepherd us. Because we get a lot of moving parts and we can't keep up with it. But she has the ability to do so. Many of you have that gift. I've seen Erica, uh, my fiance, when we said, hey, we want to have the women's Bible study start back up. She said, hey, give it to me, I'll do it. And she... She administered and got it rolling again, okay? She'll get it rolling again this fall, taking a little break for the summer. Uh, but many of you operate in that gift even on your jobs. So, but, but understand that it's the Holy Spirit that gives you that ability. Genesis 41, here's some examples. Pharaoh promotes Joseph. Joseph all of a sudden had this anointing to administer. Daniel chapter 2, the king, uh, the king of Babylon promotes Daniel as ruler over all of Babylon. And he got to boss all the wise men around 1 Kings chapter 3, God gives Solomon wisdom to rule. Okay, these are just some biblical examples of, 
you know, the, the gift of administration or leadership, right? 1 Corinthians 14.40 says this, be sure, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. So thank God for those who have the gift of administration. Because if you're expecting Pastor Dave to take care of this verse, we'd all be in trouble. <laughs> the gift of encouragement. I know we're going really fast, but uh, we're, we're, we're getting through five gifts today. The gift of encouragement, the supernatural ability God gives to inspire others to reach their full potential by challenging, comforting, and guiding them in such a way that they are motivated to grow. Now, I know I gave it a long definition, but, I, but, it, but it's more than just making people feel good, okay? Uh, that's one form of encouraging. You know, sometimes folks just need a pat on the back. They need to feel good. But the gift of encouragement, if you remember, all the spiritual gifts go to help people grow, help us all to edify uh, each other. And so the gift of encouragement, have you ever met somebody that all you had to do is just go out to eat with them and afterwards you just felt better? You just had a clearer, you know, maybe you were going through something and you just couldn't sort out, you know, the minutia of how to get, get over it. And the Lord says, hey, go out to eat with so-and-so. And so you go out to eat with them, and all of a sudden afterwards, you're like, oh, it all makes sense now. I can see the path. I can, you know, I feel better. It's going to be all right. The world's not going to come to an end. Well, they probably had the gift of encouragement or exhorting, you know, uh, that would be the other term used for it. Uh, it's more than just a cheerleader, but it's someone who not only encourages you, not only lifts you up, but also challenges you, right? And sometimes challenging doesn't always mean it's a happy word, <laughs> you know? Sometimes folks have to kind of kick you a little bit, right? But ultimately, it's going to motivate you to grow, and that's what we want to do here. We're trying to grow a church. And by saying that, I don't mean numerically necessarily. You know, that will happen as the Lord adds. But we're trying to grow us. We're trying to grow up in the Lord. Amen? Acts chapter 11, verse 22. Check, this is an example of an encourager, someone with that gift. When the church of Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Antioch was a very interesting church because you had both Jews and Greeks blending together to worship for the first time. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. So, if you want to pray for a gift, say, ooh, I want to pray for the gift of prophecy. Okay, well, as long as you're going to help somebody. Ooh, I want to pray for... I'm going to pray that God helps me speak in tongues. Well, speaking tongue, he who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church, the Bible says. Then Paul goes on to say, hey, pray for the gifts that are going to bless people. Like, if you really want to operate, well, what a wonderful gift to pray for. Lord, let me be an encourager more than anything. You know, Paul said, I would rather say five words in a known language that's going to bless somebody than, you know, a thousand words in an unknown language. So, uh, pray, pray for the gift of encouragement. The gift of giving, the supernatural ability to give in great capacity for the benefit of believers and furthering the kingdom of God. Now, we're all supposed to be givers in the kingdom, whether it's of our time, giving love, uh, giving uh, help, uh, giving resources and finances. Uh, and, and so, it, it, you know, we, we taught, we took a whole month in November. Those of you who are here will remember, if, if you weren't here, I encourage you to go back to our website and, and go through the, the, the podcast and find, I, I took a whole month and preached uh, a series called uh, the, 
the tithers bill of rights. And we taught on biblical tithing and, and, uh, man, you guys took it to heart because giving went up. <laughs> we praise God for it. But, but I also praise God because I know he's blessing you, uh, because you know, the, the more you give in life, the more you get to reap. So if you, if you need love in your life, start sowing love. If you need friendship, sow friendship, you know, uh, when you, when you sow financially, he, he'll bless you. He'll, he'll continue to provide for you. Okay. Uh, but this goes above and beyond that. You know, all of us are called to give, but this, this is some people are just gifted in giving and they will make some incredibly powerful gifts. Uh, whether, whether it, you know, it doesn't always have to be financial. It can be in various, various forms. But the other cool thing about this, people who have this gift, most of the time you don't even know it because they're not seeking some kind of uh, recognition. They're just being obedient to the Lord. Uh, an, an example would be uh, someone who, who's an incredible giver. Uh, there's there's a, a ministry couple that I'm friends with, um, um, Mike and Hazel Simons. And uh, there's been two times that I know of, uh, because his wife told me about it, uh, during the course of their ministry. Now, now, Mike also is a businessman. He's able to make uh, uh, money in various forms. He's got various flows of revenue coming in. And so he, he had quite a bit of savings. And in the middle of the night, he woke up and woke his wife up. And he said, uh, Hazel, I, the Lord just told me that in the morning, I need to call the bank and take everything we have in savings and give it to this missionary that's been praying for some relief. And Hazel said, Okay, and she rolled back over and went to, <laughs> went to sleep, right? Uh, well, that would be the supernatural gift of giving, okay? Uh, and also, on her part, the gift of faith <laughs> for any woman to go, sure, sounds good, and go back to sleep and not miss a beat. That would take faith. Twice that's happened in their life, you know? Uh, now, we, we see uh, scriptural things like that taking place in the scriptures. Acts chapter 4, verse 32 all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas. Well, we just read about Barnabas. Notice what, what his name means, which means son of encouragement. You remember he had the gift of encouragement? He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. Now, that was, that was some pretty anointed stuff. I mean, that would take the Holy Spirit to encourage someone to be able to do that. That would be like, I know some of you guys here have investment homes where you own probably multiple homes and, and lease them out and it's, and it's a wise investment. And, you know, here in Texas, real estate doesn't vary a whole lot. You know, we don't have a housing crash or anything typically with our economy. But it, it would be like the Lord waking you up saying, hey, I want you to sell such and such house or such and such plot of land and then just give it all to the church. You know, well, the Lord may move on you to do that. I don't know. Uh, then he may not. He may not have you operate in this gift. But what a powerful gift. And usually, when, like I said, when people flow in this gift, nobody knows about it. Just the Lord and, and whoever's kind of operating with it. 
and, and because the blessing is far more greater than any notoriety. So, uh, so now, at the same time, if the Lord's tugging you in that direction, I'm not going to argue with you, right? So, y'all can laugh about that, seriously. Y'all all right? Is it because it's hot in here? It's not hot? Y'all aren't hot? Maybe it's just me on stage. I'm hot. It's all this preaching I'm doing up here. Woo, it's hot. Makes me glad I'm not going to hell. Amen. Uh, so, uh, speaking of giving, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this because not everyone is aware of this. Uh, the, many of you have been so sweet with uh, Eric and I, our wedding coming up, and you've asked, hey, how, you know, what do you need? Where are you registered? And our answer is, we're, we're not. Because, you know, because we're old, like we already got everything we need, right? <laughs> it's not our first rodeo. But, uh, and so people have said, you know, hey, do you have a, uh, you know, any type of uh, charity or nonprofit that we can give to? I said, absolutely, I work for one. And uh, gathering, and so the Lord moved on Erica, and she prayed about it, and she said, hey, let's, let's start the building fund. And just believing that, hey, because we, we all believe that the time will come that, you know, praise God for being able to utilize this facility, but the time will come. He'll have us use our own facility. And uh, so, so for, for those, if the Lord moves on you and you want to bless us for our wedding, well, go to gatheringviridian.com and under giving, there's a sub setting you can click on what department you want to give to. Well, now there is a building fund that you can give to and, and let the Lord move on you for that. So if, if, you, if you so feel led, so everyone's still good? Yep. Woo, let's, let's get away from people get nervous when you start talking about money in church. So we're going to get away from that. The gift of mercy. We're going to wrap up with this. The supernatural ability to be compassionate on our attitudes, words, and actions. Man, what an incredible gift. Man, Lord, help us all to operate in the gift of mercy. The gift of kindness, the gift of mercy. Because I know in my life I have needed great mercy. And the Lord has given it. And the Lord has sent people my way to show me great mercy. Uh, there are going to be times in your life that there will be someone or something will come along and wound you so bad and make a mess of parts of your life. And it's going to be so tempting to just hang on to that bitterness, to hang on to that frustration, to hang on to that anger. And allow the Holy Spirit to activate this gift in your life and to show mercy. I've learned over the last few years, I've learned to walk. I'm not perfect at it, <laughs> but I've learned to walk with the gift of mercy and a, and a greater capacity. And, and you say, but it's not fair. You don't know what they did to me. <laughs> you don't know what they said about me. And it's, you know, when you're holding the snake, if you're holding a snake, I know, I know it, it, you know, it does benefit the snake to put them down, right? To drop them. But it benefits you even more, <laughs> right? So really the gift of mercy, yeah, it's going to be a blessing to others. But I promise you it's going to bless you in, in, in such a great way that goes beyond words. There's something about just being able to let go and love people. I've never seen uh, anyone love the way the, the, the biggest person I've seen operate in the gift of mercy was is my lifelong pastor, uh, Glenn Davis, which many of you met when he came and preached our ordination service uh, the other year. Uh, he's been pastoring for years and years and years. And in the course I've seen, I've watched as people have come in, he's ministered to their families, loved on them, 
they get upset about something, leave the church, talk trash as they're leaving, or get upset, say things. Uh, and yet, you know, two years later when they're in, their family's in trouble, they come on back to the church, and he just loves them like nothing ever happened. Over and over and over and over again. And uh, uh, he learned that, he said, when he was, he used to not like people at all. <laughs> when he was a kid, he just didn't care for people. Uh, his dad was a pastor, and he saw how, you know, sometimes, sometimes pastors kind of get beat up a little bit uh, in, in different congregations. And uh, there, was a, there was a man who had, uh, obviously, some emotional issues and, and actually came in and pulled a gun on his dad in the middle of service. And, uh, and, and my, my pastor, as a child, resented this man, hated him. And about the time he was a teenager, God got a hold of him and said, if you're going to preach my gospel, you've got to let go of these things. And so in his little town, he walked across the tracks to where this guy lived, knocked on the door. He didn't even know if the guy knew who he was or not. When the guy answered the door, he looked at him and said, what do you want? He said, I just want you to know I forgive you and I love you. And turned around and walked off. And he said, from that moment, the Lord moved on him. He's just been able to love people. And uh, incredible, incredible gift of mercy. And Lord, let me love like that. Let me love like that. Uh, Lamentations 3.22, this is how wonderful his mercies are. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Isn't that wonderful? You say, I don't know, I think I've exhausted God's mercy for the day. Well, just wait till the morning. He's got a new batch he's cooking up. Fresh batch of mercy. Straight from his oven. Every morning. Amen. He's good. Let's all stand. So we have gotten to 14 gifts of the Spirit. Surely one of these gifts you can encounter. Surely one of these gifts. By the time we're done next week, we will have 19 gifts of the Spirit. And we're going to move on from that. Because 19, man, that, that should, we should chew on that for a while. Figure out what gift we're good in and what gift we operate in. And uh, I'm excited because these gifts are becoming active within our fellowship. Uh, fully so quick. Father, I thank you. I thank you for everyone who was able to be here today. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for continuing. You're the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, thank you for birthing gifts in us, helping to operate in capacities that we can't do in our natural, in our, our own natural self. Uh, but, but you take us beyond that. So, Lord, help us just to walk in you. Help us to grow. Help us to continue just to have grace, incredible grace with each other. As we come from all different walks and all different ideas and concepts, and yet we're coming together just to lift you up and to worship you. And so teach us to grow as a body, different parts, but one body. And we praise you. We praise you for your amazing grace today, Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen.